Welcome to season two of the Melrose Place cast. I'm Mary, and I'm here to convince my friend Teach that Melrose Place is a trashy, trashy soap opera, and that's perfectly okay. Uh, I'm Teach. I'm here to convince my good friend Mary that this show counts as high art for the generations, a time capsule into the future, and the future is now. The future is indeed now. And you know what's great is this is not a recap podcast because we're too busy having all these intellectual debates. Yes, we highly recommend that you pair us with your rewatch of Melrose Place. It will um, enhance the artistic integrity of the show. Mm, I guess that's one way to put it. You know, I can't believe we've made it to season two already. How far along are we in the grand scheme of things? Uh, we're about uh, 11%. That seems lower than I would like. Well, there's the seven seasons, plus the reboot season. Oh, God. Uh, this season had the lowest number of episodes. I guess that's forward to. And we only had five special episodes in season one, so season two is going to get longer. Oh, boy. Buckle up. Hello, and welcome to the Melrose Placecast. Today, we are talking about Season 2, Episode 16, called Reunion Blues. I'm Mary. And I am Teej. <laughs> well, this has been a good week. <laughs> it has. It has. There Mary, a- what did this title have to do with anything? Oh, yeah, the high school reunion. <laughs> I didn't. I don't. I didn't get the blues. I guess out of it, but maybe that play on something I'm unfamiliar with. I don't know. You know the high school reunion scene. Now this was going back to a 1980s graduating class, uh, but I also, as soon as her ex boyfriend showed up, Reed, I just felt like the song came over me, Mary. The one that goes shot through the heart. <laughs> oh, I wonder why. <laughs> Spoiler alert: Reed's Spoiler. in trouble. Oh yeah, he's gonna, there's gonna be, but not for a little while at least. We have a while. Or maybe that's, maybe I'd rather it be over faster. So maybe I shouldn't say that. I don't know. Uh, well, do you have ways you're going to try to convince me this is high art for the generations this week? Did you find yes, anything? I do. <laughs> I do. Ooh. <laughs> they, they're all conceptualized in quotes. Are you ready, Mary? I'm as ready as I think I'll be. Yes. Quote, high school was just four years of trying to fit in with a pack of hateful snots. (laughs) Okay. All right. Another quote. No, just my apartment. (laughs) I know what part that's from. (laughs) And finally, I am sick of all of you over the hill, oversexed jerk offs. (laughs) <laughs> that was a good one that yeah. was a good one. yeah did uh did, mary did, do you believe you have evidence of this being a trashy soap opera this week i think i was able to dig up a few little little things just a few little things mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well good <laughs> well i would like to start uh with joe beth reynolds and i would like to burn any remaining bridges that exist between me and any of the mother fuckers I went to high school with. Okay. So Joe uh, is got an invitation to a 10-year high school reunion. 
So we now have confirmed that Joe is not from New York originally. I was going to ask about this because it really doesn't explain anything. It doesn't explain why her class reunion is in San Francisco. Well, because that's where she graduated high school. But up until this episode, all we've ever heard is that Joe is from New York. Yeah, and and Jane is an only child. So things change, Mary. (laughs) I guess. I guess. Anyway, so Joe Beth Reynolds gets an invitation to a 10-year high school reunion. And Allison is trying to convince her to go and out of nowhere says, maybe is there an old boyfriend you want to find? Like, what? From (laughs) high school? (laughs) Who doesn't together with their high school person? That seems seems legit. I just realized, listen, I I think you're making fun of me, but Derek and I met a month after I graduated high school. So I didn't know that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's a true story. Anyway. Allison encourages her to go to the high school reunion up in San Francisco. Uh, I dislike Allison greatly for this terrible bit of peer pressure. Yeah, it was not good advice. Then we go, Joe goes to San Francisco for the high school reunion. And Mary, these people are not 28 years old. Oh, no, no. They they are old. (laughs) Right? They looked old to me. And I, I sat with that a little. And, and tried to analyze that. And I was like, well, is it the clothes and the hair? Is Like, am I identifying that, like, what I would have at that age, at the time those clothes were in fashion? So I, I was trying to separate myself. And I said, no, these people's faces are older than 28. Yeah. Look, Mary, when at our current uh, stage of life, when we look at people who are 28, we think they look very young, even if it's an old picture. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So these yeah. people were not 28. No, I, I, I agree. I, I don't think they were. But then my notes, before he said his name, just said, read, read, read. <laughs> I remember him. Because Joe Beth Reynolds runs into Reed Carter, her old high school fling. Mm. It does not matter what they said to each other. It really doesn't. But it was something about... You know, they wanted to get together, but they were both too nervous about what the other one thought. Blah, 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 blah. For reasons that are impossible to understand, they find themselves on the old football field. Because I don't... Did we establish that Reed was a football player? I thought they were just going for a walk. I don't know. It didn't really explain. They were getting... Yeah. So they're on the football field only because the writers thought football fields work at high school reunions. (laughs) <laughs> um read in conversation they they go out for dinner later after reed just says why don't you come back to my hotel and, and joe says maybe dinner or breakfast or whatever but we find out that reed's a felon he got caught up in a drug bust and he said quote whatever the feds say i've always been a straight up guy <laughs> well then and it's joe, fine it's fine and joe summarizes this to allison and said he explained how he's innocent and i thought oh you know, they they couldn't make the the warning signs any brighter, Joe. Any brighter. Oh, no. Red alert. <laughs> but here is what I would like to swing back to to argue why this is high art for the generations. Okay. High school sucks. The people in high school suck. <laughs> and to 
Every single member of the graduating class of 2008 at West Dallas Central High School, where I was in 2008 when I graduated high school, every single one of you can fuck all the way off. Are you sure you're remembering the year? Joe Beth Reynolds was right. High school was just four years of trying to fit in with a pack of hateful snots. There's, do you know what's the redeeming quality of high school, Mary? What? And that's all. Oh, I see what you Nothing. Mean. Nothing. <laughs> it is a disaster. There's, there's no good that comes of it other than the fact that you leave. Hopefully. We don't all leave. Not everybody makes it out of high school. It is so terrible. This is a part of American society that needs to be corrected. And by corrected, I mean eliminated. <laughs> Homeschool for all. <laughs> I like this bold platform you're taking. Uh... Joe's taking it. Melrose Place is taking it. That's okay. Sure. Uh, is that it? You... <laughs> the, the high art points is just how awful high school is. As, and Joe, Joe pointed that out. And you know what? And Allison talks about what a joke these reunions are. Cause she's like, well, just tell them what a successful photographer you are. <laughs> yeah. You know, I can't fully argue with that. I, I do think high school is generally not great for most people or uh-huh. even, not not great it's usually i don't know it's not i don't know it's not great um i don't know i think a lot of it'll be interesting to see if a lot of this reunion culture exists as much in the future now that there's social media and you can kind of pick and choose if there's people you want to stay in touch with you don't have to wait every 10 years and run into people uh i don't know yeah i mean yeah high school kind of sucks yeah, and it was no better back in my day in 2008 when I graduated high school. Every mm-hmm. single one of them, every single one of the 392 people, I would write their names down and throw it in a fire if I could. Because you know what was redeeming about high school? What? <laughs> you know, dead air on a podcast can be confusing to the listener. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, they're playing this at double speed. Ooh, I wonder what I sound like. Probably a little chip monkey. You sound like you're about to uh, transition to your next point. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm going to come back and talk about Joe later. But first, I have something much more pressing that we need to address. Uh, someone needed to tell the production assistant to put down that Mr. Bottle because Billy was damp. He was damp enough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I realize this is a small point, but it was impossible to miss because it is what the show opens on. Billy is working out. We don't know it's Billy right away. We just see it's a shirtless man. Uh, It is provocative. He is very aggressively working out. He's doing shirtless push-ups. He is the sweatiest human being I've ever seen. He is working out. Much exercise is happening. He's doing the thing where someone does push-ups and they like launch themselves up in the air higher than they need to so they can clap before they hit the ground, which seems like a lot of work to me, but I don't push up. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of the point. I guess, I, I guess. He is extremely sweaty and extremely shirtless. And then we see him frantically kicking a soccer ball between his feet. He's in the apartment. He's not outside. And it's just abs. This is all just so we can see his abs. There are so many abs. Uh, then he's doing sit-ups and they zoom in on the abs and he is either critically sweaty and should go seek a doctor's care 
or <laughs> went way overboard with the Mr. Bottles off camera because there is literally like a puddle of sweat in his belly button that is splashing around. It is insane. It is so wet. So this scene, it continues. Allison comes out. She's getting ready for work. And first she's going to Joe's for breakfast. And so we see Billy creeping at the window and he watches and he waits and he sees that Allison gets upstairs and she gets into his apartment. He goes darting out with a towel. Thank God, because he's soaked. And he goes up to Amanda's door and he knocks and uh, she opens the door and she clearly is ogling the merchandise and checking out those abs. And she goes, what a pleasant surprise. Billy Campbell on my doorstep, all pumped up and sweaty. Uh, and he certainly is. And he's there because he wanted to just, you know, casually stop by and clarify, you know, that he's back with Allison. And, you know, the other night when they had sex, it was great. But he's with Allison again, just to reiterate. So can Amanda just keep what happened between the two of them? And Amanda replies, don't you worry your pretty little head about it. And she goes on to say that for a second, she her, she had a weak side. And she was wondering if maybe she and Billy could get together again. But then she realized she'd forgotten one important fact. And she turns to him and goes, you're a kid. And she closes the door in his face and he pouts sweatily. Uh, and this, this is, wow, this was some cheese. Uh, we're finally reminded why Andrew Shue got cast on the show again. It's his abs, <laughs> his glistening, glorious abs. Uh, and this topless display of athleticism was just prime cut, top choice, all-American, soapy goodness. Uh, and so were his little goofy machinations to like get Allison out of the apartment so he could go talk to Amanda to make sure she doesn't tell her that they were doing it. And just the sweat. The sweat was like the gravy on top of the whole scene. It, it was out of control. I don't know that I would call it a topless display of athleticism. <laughs> because I don't know Billy that way. But it was clear. Mary, you can criticize the production assistants all you want about over-misting that body. <laughs> But let me tell you, if my job <laughs> was to douse this gentleman <laughs> with water one pump at a time, <laughs> I would say, hold your belly button in place, please. <laughs> he was just so wet. I it, was, it, it was so over the top and had nothing to do with the storyline. There was no need to do this. Oh, no. Yeah, they could have not done that at all. And it would have not affected the story at all. Other than her acknowledging that he was hot when she got, he got upstairs. Also, if you want to sneak uh, past your girlfriend, maybe wait until she's not right by the window. You know, <laughs> she can look right out on that courtyard. I believe, actually, that's where Joe's table is set up. That's a great point. I hadn't thought about that. That is where her table's set up, is by that window. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Listen, it is important to note where the floor plans are. It's true. It's how you can keep track of one bedrooms turning into two bedrooms, turning into studios or whatever. So this storyline continued. Um, Amanda went to work that day and kicked Allison off of the microcomp account for sleeping with Steve. She sure did. And it, while she did it, Allison was wearing a white, low-cut, very low-cut blouse. Yeah. And yeah. a full-length bright red skirt. <laughs> full-length. Like, yes. Ankles covered. Yeah. Yeah, it was a long skirt. 
Why cold. that doesn't go with low cut blouse? No, it was a weird outfit. It it didn't make a lot of sense. I agree. Yeah, but anyway, the drama is set up for the future episodes because Allison uh, later is in her bed uh, drowning her sorrows in a pizza. She literally says, hey, at least I'm not drinking vodka. <laughs> and she says to Billy, I just don't understand. It's like Amanda woke up today and decided to hate me. And Billy had this look on his face that says, don't worry, Allison. I'll put myself into action for you. <laughs> oh, stupid Billy. Stupid Billy. Can I talk about Amanda a little bit? Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, this is the quote. Mm, no, just my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> so we have, I don't know how I missed all of these landlord references the first few times I've watched the series. Um, I don't but know. Amanda's a bad landlord. Yeah, she's not great. <laughs> she's not good. She um, is turning down the pool temperature, turning down the heat in the building. <laughs> She's oh. running through pool boys like their boyfriends. And she got herself that fancy refrigerator and that air conditioner. Mm-hmm. That not everybody gets. That's just reserved for the royalty. <laughs> but there's a, a handyman there because her pipe burst. And, oh, Mary, wouldn't you believe it? She's drenched with water and she has no choice but to go see Jake and beg for his help. Jake, <laughs> by the way, who she has evicted and changed the locks and boxed his shit. <laughs> and Jake had to kick his way back into his apartment. She had to. She lied to Jake and said that Joe wrote a letter about how Jake uh, messed up the apartment before when he threw the wine bottle at the wall that she cleaned from the bottom up. <laughs> that really bothered you. I remember. It that. really bothered me. That's not how you would do that. <laughs> but the repair guy comes in and he fixed the plumbing. And you know, Jake Jake leveraged the moment and said, "I will fix this pipe only if I get to sit, stay again." Just like when Sydney blackmailed Michael with the getting him out of the, you're getting him off the floor. She can change it. She can say something different tomorrow. You didn't win anything. My goodness. They don't know how blackmail works. Michael does, but we'll talk about that. <laughs> anyway, so the guy says, I, she says, you know, fix everything up to this specification. And the guy says, I assume you want the whole complex. You want it all up to code. And she says, uh, no, just my apartment. <laughs> and listen listen what's more american than that the like this is not a collectivist society i'm going to get mine and screw everybody else <laughs> now i don't mean that literally however it's melrose place <laughs> it was a very funny moment i enjoyed that quite a bit. and you know people don't like landlords are not popular right now no, I mean, I think generally also not, you know, but especially not right now. Particularly not right now, here in the middle of October in 2021, because the, since COVID, they've, they've not been allowed to evict people, and they're really upset about this. Mm -hmm. They really want to evict the people. Yeah. And people don't like that. No, people don't like to get evicted. <laughs> it's unpopular. I've never been evicted. Give me a minute. <laughs> Once the mortgage company finds it, finds out about your credible arson accusations. That is not true and has nothing to do with anything. 
<laughs> uh, yeah, it was a fun little scene. I enjoyed. It was very true to Amanda's character when they add these little bits like that, where she kind of just being a little bit of a shit behind the scenes. I really don't know how I missed that in the past. I don't know either. <laughs> I have no idea how you didn't notice that before. <laughs> Well, Mary. Yes. I think after this first half of season two, episode 16, where I clearly have won the day, um, maybe if we take a break and give you a chance to recharge. Yeah, I could use that. (laughs) Bye. Much like Billy after his workout. Mm. And you know where he goes to recharge. The hydration station? Amanda's apartment. Oh, well, maybe she's got really good drinks up there because you sweated it all out. Good God. (laughs) This week's episode of the Melrose Place cast is generously supported by the following sponsor. Oh, workouts can be a drag. Never enough hours in the day to get in as many crunches as you want, let alone all the clappy push-ups your trainer recommends. And Did you say clappy push-ups? Clappy push-ups, that's what they're called. I googled it. No, I didn't. <laughs> Why do so many workout programs make you buy all this extra equipment? Who's got room in their house for all these yoga mats, barbells, treadmills, acupuncture tables, bocce ball courts, swimming pools, skydiving rooms, and cryogenic deep freeze chambers like the Real Housewives all use? Heck, you probably don't even have enough room to kick around a soccer ball next to your futon without risking knocking over your damn TV. And then if you do finally manage to work up a sweat after all that, do you find it black something? Maybe you're just not as damp as you'd hoped you'd be. Talk about a buzzkill. Did you know that people who complete their daily workouts without feeling an adequate sense of sweatiness are more than 600% less likely to keep up their routine? And they're over 8,000% more likely to just give up and die with their mouths stuffed dangerously full of French fries? <laughs> it doesn't have to be this way. Rid yourself of the tyranny of dryness with the all-new patent-pending Billy Campbell Total Body Mister. Fitness enthusiast and owner of abs, Billy Campbell, spent years trying to find the perfect solution to his pre- and post-workout dryness issues. (laughs) Workout dryness can lead to all sorts of complications, like muscle spasms, chronic dry eye, and that feeling when it's like your skin is crawling, like there's spiders all over you, but really your circulation is just out of whack. Poor Billy found he just wasn't feeling sufficiently jacked after his daily flailings inside of his apartment. When he'd get up off the floor from sit-ups, there wasn't even a pool of sweat underneath him. That's when Billy got an incredible idea. He noticed his roommate slash girlfriend's ironing board and the small spray bottle full of water up there for getting wrinkles out. And Billy thought to himself, hey, water is wet. Spraying himself down to the point of total body saturation, Billy finally achieved the wetness results he desired from his workout. And from that day forward, Billy has never finished a workout without leaving a puddle all over the floor. <laughs> oh my God, I, did. I just realized how much sweat is on that carpet so- and that couch. 
That's a whole nother issue. Billy Campbell's total body mister is so easy to use. Even Billy can use it. Step one, fill the moisture condensing chamber with the sweat substitute of your choice. Step two, attach the removable aiming apparatus to the top of the condensing chamber. And step three, aim the aiming apparatus toward whatever you want to moisten and squeeze. And you know you can trust Billy Campbell's total body mister as a legitimate workout solution because Billy scored a 1300 on his SATs without even studying. These are the types of great minds America needs working on big issues like this. Visit Billy Campbell's total body mister.mist today and enter promo code MOIST to receive a complimentary soaking. <laughs> no, I will not. Complimentary soaking rag? You're going to put that code in. This rag is the perfect size to rest atop your belly button during your workouts to help keep it from draining all out the sides of your belly as you flail around. And if you act in the next 48 hours and enter again promo code MOIST, Billy will also throw in, just wait for it, a complimentary two-ounce bottle of his all-new glistening enhancer. All you've got to do is add a few drops of glistening enhancer to your sweat substitute and you're going to see even more dramatic results. Warning, glistening enhancer should not be used by those with known allergies to industrial glitter. Also, if you're wondering what other ingredients are in this proprietary blend, our legal team advises you not to worry your pretty little head about it. That's <laughs> body mister. It's the next best thing to having Billy Campbell on your doorstep all pumped up and sweaty. Oh, dear Mary. I, um, I fear that there's been a miscommunication. Oh, oh, oh dear. Um, I listen, I'm glad you got this sponsor. Um, but in the, the email chain that I, that I copied you on, I, I sent it to our intern. Yes. And yeah. I, I, I said to him, I said, you know, cause they, he had one job. I said, get me Billy Campbell's total body comma, mister. Oh, this is a real egg on my face. Oh my. Much a lot of extra sweat on my belly button. But I didn't I didn't know that there was a Billy Campbell's total body mister. Uh, well then maybe it's a happy accident. You it, know? I think I think so. Now, how does the mister work, especially with the, the belly button con- collection system, if you're if you're not on your back? Well, I mean, obviously, you're generally going to need to be on your back in order to to spray the mister at your belly button area. But with this proprietary blend, especially with this complimentary uh, glistening enhancer, even Mm -hmm. if you're laying on your belly where your belly button is in contact, no amount of moving around is going to rub off all of this glistening enhancer. So you don't need to. Glistening enhancer. To be clear, it's glitter. I mean industrial if you have allergies to glitter you do not want to use the product but most people will be fine they'll be fine <laughs> my my favorite part i did not know the the serious plague of workout dryness oh my god people don't think about it it's a terrible problem again to repeat those alarming statistics <laughs> If you don't feel an adequate level of sweatiness when you're done working out, you are 600% less likely to keep up your routine. And over 600%. That's so many percentages. And you're over 8,000% more likely to just give up and die. 8,000. You're just going to die with your mouth shoved full of French fries because you're just going to give up. You're not sweaty enough. 
Like you're going to five guys, burgers and fries. You're going to get every, you're going to get at least five burgers there and at least five servings of fries. Cause you don't care anymore. Oh my God. Do you know how big their servings of fries are, Mary? That's part. That's why you've got to get this, this <laughs> product, this total body, mister. Billy Campbell's total body comma, mister. That's just so embarrassing. <laughs> it is, but I'm glad. I mean, it seems like it worked out. We've, we've been able to get this great sponsor and we haven't had to fire the intern yet. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> bye. Oh, hello. Oh my gosh. Hi. Hi. <laughs> can, I, can I tell you something exciting? Yeah. Uh, next month I'm going to NACAC. Oh, wow. In Seattle. Oh my God. Maybe you'll see Keith. Oh, wait, he died. No, but you know who is similar to Keith that I will see? Who? Christopher from Melrose Sheltering in Place cast. Really? Yeah. I'm going to oh. make a little, little, little trip up to Everett. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Whenever I think of Everett, I've actually drove through there once, but... When we were in high school, in my one of my English classes, you had to write a letter to your future self, like as a creative writing exercise. And I remember I said I was going to live in Everett, Washington. And what was I going to do? It had something to do with cats. I do remember it was cats. I was going to have a cat ranch. I don't know. And I picked it off of, I just spun a globe and stuck my finger there and said, that's wrong. Well, Mary, Mary, I have to say, I think we're back. For the second half of season two, episode 16 of the Melrose Placecast, discussing Reunion Blues. Reunion Blues. Yeah. Mary, would you like to uh, kick us off? I would. You know, I would. Um, And I want to start by saying, you know what? Sydney is sick of all these over-the-hill, over-sex jerk-offs, but she's at work, so she'll still bring him a beer. How Uh, dare you? How dare you? You know this is my last point. I know, but you, you've cut me off at one of mine, so I feel what is good for the goose is good for the proverbial gander. Uh, so, anyway, this scene place takes place, of course, at Shooters, because where else would we be? Uh, Michael, after a miraculous recovery earlier in the episode, comes in on crutches, and Sydney's excited to see him, and she's making bubbly small talk, and she's like, ooh, maybe we could go to the beach later. <laughs> uh, she's a little who doesn't love Who doesn't love a sandy beach on crutches? God, right? What an easy way to get around. Uh, Michael really <laughs> just grunts for beer. And so she hands him a beer. And then she sits down to cheer him up. And he's barking at her like, you're the waitress. You're not my friend, okay? <laughs> then she finally takes the hint. It took a while. And then she's like, well, I see the way you're sucking up to Jane. And it's sickening. Do you really think she's going to take you back after cheating on Kimberly? And then how you turned around and did her little sister? <laughs> <laughs> and Sydney tells Michael to grow up, which made me laugh because anytime Sydney is the mature one, that's alarming. Uh, he tells her to buzz off and he says, I'm not interested in your opinion and I'm not interested in you. And she gets mad and she says, He's a joke. She says, The whole apartment building is a joke. And I can't argue with her. Uh, she's going to save up her money and she's going to move out because, quote, I am sick of all you over the hill, over sex jerk offs. And I'm going to get myself a nice apartment in the marina and a good job where I won't have to look at your face. I <laughs> would yell. Uh, he just, the best reaction is Michael is literally just holding his head in his hands and rolling his eyes. Like he can't get away. <laughs> it's 
so funny. Uh, right then, Jake walks up and he's there to meet Michael. And Michael barks at Sydney to shut up and go get a beer for Jake. And so she stops off because she is again at work. Uh, Jake sits down and he's like, what was that all about? And Michael says, have you noticed that women have no sense of proportion? Every <laughs> life is a national emergency or a personal insult. And Jake nods. He goes, yeah, I've noticed. Yeah. And I laughed. And Michael says, you know, you cross a woman. She cannot get on with her little life until she's packed up your skin in her bathroom with all her other crap. And right then, then he walks back over the beer and she slams it down in front of Jake. And he's like wiping splashes off of his face and his hands. And Jake just then figures out and he goes to Michael, wait a minute, you and her? And he points at Sydney as she walks away. And Michael strikes and goes, yeah, a couple of times. It was a while ago. So what? <laughs> and, laughs and he says well you know you may not be god's gift but you sure are god's revenge on women and michael soaks it up and smiles and goes yeah i guess i am <laughs> jesus christ this is a delightful little scene uh it is soapy soap i love when sydney gets sassy and she gets mouthy because she almost sounds like a grown-up but then she's like i don't want to see your face and stuff like that uh, I love it when she dishes it out of Michael. I loved Michael's reaction shots of him just like so sick of her and trying to get rid of her. Uh, I liked the way that he played Jake as sort of comic relief slash like straight man foil in this scene where he's being the observer. And then the moment when he finally puts it together that they, those two have been sleeping together is great. It's so funny and well done. <laughs> okay. Uh, don't appreciate you taking an example of high art and calling it trash. <laughs> but that's fine that's fine because i've got plenty others um this was great uh and i remember thinking like oh that's right jake is a sexist jerk he is sometimes he really is yeah yeah he was terrible to sandy and we should never forgive him that's true never forget sandy or puppy or Rhonda. or Rhonda. oh i just assume we don't forget Rhonda. i mean yeah it goes without saying. Um, I I appreciated Jake just laughing when he found out Michael and Cindy had hooked up. Because <laughs> what a, what else can you do, right? Michael had, had screwed up, and the way Michael was like, "Yeah, it was a while ago. So what? So what? Who cares?" It's like the SNL version of Joy Bayard. <laughs> Forget about it. So what? Who cares? Who cares? So what? Uh, it was a fun little scene. I liked that one a lot. Okay, but if that wasn't high art, it certainly, that storyline certainly transitioned into high art. Oh. As that... can be conceptualized by the rhetorical prose. I can't believe this. You're a whore. <laughs> oh, no, Michael, no. <laughs> okay, so they, they leave shooters or whatever after the most sexist conversation I've heard Jake participate in, aside from when he said to Sandy, you flirted with him. <laughs> Still pissed. Still never, pissed. Never forget. Mm -mm. So Michael goes home. He's drunk and on crutches. And he gets into his little, his little pull-up bed. And you can hear Jane and Robert hooking up in, her, in what used to be Michael's bedroom. <laughs> And they're like moaning. Jonah or Jane is literally saying, "Like, oh, Robert, I love you." <laughs> and Jake realizes this and offers Michael to sleep on his couch. 
Yes, yes. Since Billy's not there, and uh, which uh, now establishes that Billy must have been sleeping on the couch. Jake's apartment doesn't have a second bedroom. Sure. Michael says no. He'd rather listen to Jane and Robert. <laughs> I don't know if it was appropriate for Jake to leave Michael there in that situation, to be honest. They were both drunk, too. So I think that maybe wasn't helping matters. Do you know, speaking of beep, 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 intel from other podcasts. Oh, okay. Do you remember when Colleen said, if that smell is what I think it is, you need a shower. And then she took Michael to get a bath? Yes. Dan from Melrose Place podcast, I think correctly identified that as assault. You can't just go train. <laughs> but you can't do that. Uh, it sure was funny, though. I mean, <laughs> well, he he brought it up as assault, and his wife said, "Well, Dan, it was a different time," and he said, "But that doesn't make it okay." She said, "No, <laughs> not okay, just different, just different." It, it was funny, anyway. Um, so Michael hears that and the next day Jane gets up. I don't Robert left. That's right. After a scene where Michael's pretending to be asleep in his bed as he has to hear Robert telling Jane how much he loves her, blah, 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 blah. And Robert leaves. And then Michael pretends to have just woken up and says, Hey, look at this. I can stand without the chair. Do you notice it's gone? And Jane seems genuinely happy for him. And Michael says, so uh, you think I can get a little congratulatory kiss? <laughs> and Jane says, no. <laughs> anyway, so we see it's now confirmed. Michael wants to get back together with Jane since Kimberly's dead. Okay. Pause there. Sydney gets <laughs> approached at Shooters by someone who says, you're one of Lawrence girls. I'll pay you a lot of money. Sydney says $2,000. They set up a date. And oh my gosh, Mary, it was a sting. Wah, wah. Sydney is arrested and she needs to be bailed out. And it was so delicious to see Michael be the one to come rescue Sydney. <laughs> oh, Sydney. Oh, and is, is he being kind and compassionate, Mary? I think we know the answer to that. Is he being sweet and understanding? You know. Is he even being just discreet and not a jackass? <laughs> no. No, he literally in the police station is laughing at her and says, <laughs> I can't believe this. You're a whore. <laughs> oh, poor Sydney. She's made some bad choices. Sydney begs Michael not to tell anyone, including Jane. And Michael says, okay, but now you owe me. And I don't want to hear any shit. He does not exactly what he said, but he doesn't want to hear any shit when it's time to collect. <laughs> sure, sure. Okay, so now let's bring these two storylines back together. The episode ends with Michael at Sydney's door, ready to hook up. No, um, but instead to say uh, he's cashing in his favor. He wants Sydney to set Robert up to get a prostitute from Lauren's gang to hook up with Robert on camera when he's away at his conference. Mm, dastardly. Um, I don't know how I'm making this high art. Uh, Michael's a jerk. Men are jerks. There we go. It's a Gale point. That's you know what? I, I will I will be kind and I will help you because Sydney, after he presents the plan, says, you know what? It's never gonna work. Robert's never gonna fall for that. He's way too straight arrow. And Michael says, if they can find the right woman, quote, Robert will snap like a twig. That's how men are. You ought to know by then know that by now, especially in the business you're in. Ooh, 
Mm, it'll be interesting to see what happens. With it. You know, I think Michael's statement there may be the high art that I should have referenced. Yeah, I was trying to help you out. <laughs> yeah, good. Well, Mary, did you have a did you have a final argument of your own to make? I do, and I'm going to revisit one that you already brought up. And I call this one: Joe from New York goes to her high school reunion in San Francisco. Question mark. <laughs> no explanation, none whatsoever. Uh, this again, San Francisco. Uh, like you pointed out, there are a bunch of very old-looking 28-year-olds in a gymnasium set. Joe is dressed. Now, listen. I there are times I really like the way Joe dresses. This was not one of them. Uh, she's in this all-black outfit with this long, chunky necklace and this big floral shawl, and she looks even more old than everybody else there. I'm like, I don't know how she. Yeah. Made it. it was like a metallic caftan. It really was. It really was. It was very weird. Uh, she goes up to the registration table and she's dealing with the classic depiction of like a welcome person at one of these who's way overacting and is spending way too much time explaining how name tags work. And this person is trying to make small talk with Joe and Joe is not really trying to be very polite or friendly, but I guess that's because she's from New York. I don't know. We're in San Francisco now. Uh, and this person's like, well, we didn't run in the same circle. I was like the class president, blah, blah, blah. And Joe's like, I don't remember you. She's supposed to put on a button with her senior picture on it. But Joe doesn't because she's a rebel from New York. Uh, like you said, then she runs into Reed, who is there. She did not expect to see him. Uh, he says he didn't expect to see her. She says, I didn't plan on coming, but I thought maybe I'd come and meet some old friends. Then I realized I don't have any friends <laughs> or something like that. Which are you not? Uh, the pep rally starts at this reunion and they don't want to participate because they're too cool for school. They go out, like you said, walking on a football field. And now not only is she in this long dress, she's got her shawl fully deployed and it looks like a blanket. It's enormous. And it's like a cross between Stevie Nicks and or Yoko Ono and John Lennon walking around in the something video in the 60s because they all look like witches. It's very weird. Uh Joe talks about how she hid from him. They were supposed to go to prom, her and Reed. But she sat in a tree that night in her prom dress, smoking cigarettes and staring at the stars. Because she used to have what she called relevance attacks. Like, what means anything? What's real? What matters? I'm like, oh, you, you are exactly who I figured you were in high school. You're nailing it. Uh, he says, you know, I always thought you'd be whatever you want to be, Joe. Nothing's going to stop you. You're too strong too smart and you wouldn't go steady with me and oh god and so they kiss blah 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 he wants her to go spend the night she says let's meet for breakfast like you said in the morning he reveals that he went to a federal penitentiary and i like that at first she laughed because she thought it was a joke but no it was not a joke he tells the story like you said how he owned a fishing boat and people chartered it and they were drug smugglers uh This story, even to me, didn't make a lot of sense because he had a boat in Florida, but he was arrested in the Carolinas. It was unclear. He was going Uh, up and down the eastern seaboard. I guess. Uh, She kind of absorbs this, and he tries to convince her to stay for one more day to keep catching up. But she's like, I've got to go back to work. And at that point, judging by the way she was acting, I was like, oh, she's uncomfortable with this and doesn't want any more to do with it. But then she gets home and she's talking to Allison about Reed, like you said. And Allison asks, is he charming and handsome and single? And Joe says, yes. And he also just got out of prison. 
And this was my favorite part. Allison freezes up with what I would call Midwestern judgment face because I get it too. And she just goes, oh. yes, you do. Let me underscore <laughs> how much. Yes, you absolutely do get it. I, I get think it. you're having it right now. I probably am. Uh, and then she very like stiffly goes, well, that puts a spin on things, which is something my mom would say. It made me laugh. Uh, Joe says, you know what? He says he's innocent and I believe him. He just got caught in the net like with crime. And he asked, she asked Allison, you know, does that sound naive? And this is not the person to ask any of these questions because Allison is a dipshit. And Allison's like, oh, yeah, no, no, those things happen. And I wrote, do they? Do they happen? Like, okay. Uh, Joe goes on. She's like, there's just something about him. I do trust him. And she smiles. And I'm like, Joe, you've literally never learned. Jesus Christ. Uh, he's living in the Bay Area and he wants to visit. But Joe says he's going to have to get his life together first. And Allison just goes, yeah, that's probably a good thing, considering. <laughs> Which is, for what answer. And then at the tail end of the episode, Joe is walking through the courtyard with a basket full of laundry. And a voice calls out and starts to And she kind of screams and goes, who's there? Of course it's Reed, because somehow he found her in Los Angeles. Unclear. Uh, he didn't mean to scare her. He just came down there looking for her. And then she wasn't by her apartment, so he was just waiting until she showed up outside. Uh, she looks very uncomfortable, as well she should. Uh, but then she smiles at him, and then she looks uncomfortable again. It's very her reaction was not clear. I wrote, Joe Beth Reynolds, stop it! Stop picking the bad men! Stop wearing your witch dresses! You have bad judgment, bad. What's what, what's up with the witch dresses? What did that have to do with this? Her dress, that horrible thing she wore to that reunion was horrible. It was awful. She's not sick. She needs to get over it. It would have been featured in um, like a spinoff of The Real Housewives that follows The Real Housewives' mothers. <laughs> it really would. It, you're right. You're right about that. Yeah. So high fashion. High art. High fashion. <laughs> Do you want to know what's actually probably weird? What? Gail probably would have liked it. Gail probably would. I, I own that I am of a different generation than Gail. And sometimes what I perceive as... Uh, outdated fashion is new to Gail because Gail was not around the first time it was here. And that's yeah. fair. fair no, yeah. Me and Gail definitely have that experience. Okay. Mary, did you have any other highlights you'd like to draw attention to? <laughs> I had a few little things. Um, I liked the scene where Joe was at the photo shoot with swimsuit models and Amanda randomly shows up to ask her to write a letter about the damages so she can evict Jake. And Joe makes a face and she's like, no. And Amanda pursues it. She's like, well, didn't that guy just dump you without even looking back? And Joseph, <laughs> yeah, for that. Uh, one thing we have not talked about was the physical therapy scene with Michael. Yeah. Uh, oh boy. Um, for some reason, Matt was there. I was unclear. I'm like, is this part of your job duties? I don't understand. There is a therapist. Uh, Michael is one of those things. I don't know the proper name. Two bars that they're using their arms to scoot along. Uh, the therapist is telling him to try with his feet, but Michael is pissed off and he's all frustrated and he literally tells the therapist to shut up. Uh, then he yells at Matt to go get his wheelchair and Matt tries to give him a pep talk like, you're going to be running by spring. <laughs> Michael is not having it. The therapist says, do you want to be weak and helpless? Keep keep it up. Keep doing this. And Michael spits back, I thought I told you to shut up. And the therapist <laughs> says, Come on over here and make me dipwad. And I was like, ooh, you're channeling my brother in the 90s. I love it. Michael gets real mad. And he's like, I'm so sick of you. And he uses his arms and he lunges forward and he falls down. 
But as Matt gets over to help him, Michael is looking shocked and he says, I feel something. He feels something in his foot. And the therapist and Matt help him get up. And this, and he says, when you leave here today, you leave on crutches and that chair stays here, which seemed abrupt to me. But lo and behold, that's what happened. So that therapist. Oh, oh yeah. wow. Okay. So apparently I forget that he's paralyzed and I'm not paying attention. But this therapist just says, I'm going to put you on crutches today. And he's just this miracle doctor. <laughs> it seemed a little fast. I'm not going to lie. Um. I really like there's a moment right before Joe leaves for her class reunion in San Francisco, which again, I'm confused by uh, she's knocks on Jake's door and she's telling him that she hasn't cashed the $15,000 check that he gave her back from the insurance money recently. But she's saying this because she knows it's rough for him right now. And that if he needs some money, you know, you can take it back. And he goes, haven't we all gone through this enough times already? And I wrote, yes. Yes, yes, we have. Please stop reading this up. Um, <laughs> oh, they brought it up later in the episode. It did come back. That's right. Oh, God. It never ends. Uh, I loved the scene where Amanda was dressing down Allison and taking her off the microcomp account for her behavior, which I agree is not totally fair, although I get how Amanda got away with it because she had a case. I don't agree completely, but she had a case. Uh, and I like that uh, Allison's like, I did not sleep with the client. And Amanda retorted, I'm not stupid, Allison. I got reports on you and Steve in San Francisco. Also, it was hard to miss the Jeep with the bow around it in front of our building. That's a good point. <sighs> and I like that Amanda told Allison if she wanted to contest it, she could contest it upstairs. And I just immediately pictured that little spiral staircase. I'm like, that's where the board sits. Like, they go up in that little loft. It made me laugh. Uh, the scene you talked about where Michael shows up at Sydney's to blackmail her. I loved that it opened with her sitting on her floor mattress eating potato chips, <laughs> which just really made me chuckle. And then every time he shows up, she's still all smiles. Like, they just keep fighting. And she's like, oh, it's so nice to have you in my apartment again. And she offers him chips. Like He just, like, did horrible things to you again and again. Um, and my last little thing, we haven't even talked about Daddy. <laughs> yeah. I like to talk about Daddy. but uh, Oh, oh. <laughs> okay <laughs> um but yes yeah, so daddy shows up and tell he confesses to amanda in this episode he says it was all true i did all the bad things uh and she gets mad runs away and she goes home and shows up at jake's and she says i need to talk with you and he immediately assumes it's about the door lock from earlier in the episode because he was again trying to break back into his apartment after she was unlawfully evicting him and she goes no no it's about my father and Jake replies, I don't think we should talk about that. That never works out. <laughs> <laughs> Fun little moment. Mm, I thought of you uh, when he said that. Because <laughs> of, of your, your theory that talking about daddy gets Amanda in the mood. Seems to work. <laughs> it's either a fight or that or both. Here, here's some highlights I noticed. When Amanda brought Allison in to kick her off the microcomp account... That level of cold and iciness towards Allison, that's what I remember about Amanda and Allison. This friendly banter they had been having it never made sense to me. But yeah. Amanda was just mean. She was really cold. Yeah, she was very cold. Ice cold. <laughs> um, I, I really enjoyed the way they shot uh, Michael stuck in his pullout bed. While Jane and Robert were having sex. <laughs> and I appreciated that Michael 
was laying in the same bed at the same spot in the same place in the same position as Sydney when Sydney was pretending to be asleep. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> well, while Jane was talking with Sam. God, I forgot about Sam. Yeah. Jane may be the the character who's who's been with the most other people. No, Michael's been with three people already too. Jane, Sydney, and Kimberly. Oh yeah. they're working on it um i appreciated the way they tied in the fact that sydney ranted at michael that he she's gonna save up her money and that that that's when someone came by to for the sting operation yeah 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 and oh go ahead no i'm agreeing with you and there was a weird thing the the other notes i have are all about jake and amanda Amanda goes to serve Jake uh, eviction papers and gets outside of his door and then uncharacteristically stops and slides them under the door. Yeah. Instead of knocking and confronting him. She's had enough, she said. Yep. She said to Joe, when Joe refused to sign the letter about how bad Jake was, she said, come on, Joe, we're both women who've been taken advantage of. And Joe said, don't even try that sisterhood crap. And that reminded me of, I believe, Maya Angelou. Oh. Who said there's a special place in hell for women who don't support other women? Ah, Madeline Albright. Madeline Albright. That, yeah, that's... That yeah. Same vibe, same vibe. I know this because uh, in the 2008 presidential campaign, don't laugh at me, uh, Sarah Palin, at the start of a rally, held up her quote from her Starbucks mug, because they used to put quotes, and it was Madeline Albright saying uh, there's a special place in hell for women who don't support other women, because Madeline Albright wasn't supporting Sarah Palin to be the dumbass vice president. <laughs> it's a real blast from the past. Yes. Anyway, when Amanda changed the lock, Jake was furious, and he stormed up to her, and he said, quote, eviction is a legal proceeding, not some bimbo's whim. <laughs> not some bimbo's whim that's not gonna hold up in court jake which one judge judy's <laughs> i meant which side oh. <sighs> well mary here's the moment of truth have i persuaded you once and for all that melrose place is high art for the generations worthy of literary praise a time capsule into the future I really wish I could say yes, but alas, <laughs> I would lie. Have I convinced you of its delightful trashiness? I don't even wish I could say yes. No, not yet. You're going to have to keep trying. <laughs> oh, boy. Who saw this coming? <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we'll come back next week. Yeah, okay. Try, try again. Yeah, I'll do better. I mean, I already think I did pretty well. but I'll I do. do. I know you do. <laughs> wow mary i i don't know if i'm reading this right i'm just amazed at this new sponsor that we have oh really tell me more it feels like a blast from the past but it's here now today what is it it is eviction by bimbo eruptions Oh, boy, that brings back memories. Landlord laws are like men. Fuck them. (laughs) 
It says here, Mary, that when you need to dump a bitch like he is a gold-digging grease monkey, call Bimbo Eruptions to handle that eviction. Oh. Now, it is $2.99 a minute. The services are not cheap. No, but But I... But Bimbo Eruptions will go the extra mile for their new eviction service. They will fake ex-girlfriend statements. They will change the locks. They will even blow the pipes. Whatever it takes to get this (laughs) eviction taken care of. Oh, wow. Now, some people think eviction is a serious matter, not just some bimbo's whim. (laughs) What you call bimbo eruptions, and when we're not accusing Bill Clinton of uh, lewd and mischievous acts. <laughs> I like these topical references. We, we <laughs> look, I graduated high school in 2008. When we're not doing that, we will do all we can to get rid of that son of a bitch and get him out of your apartment, legal or not. Because, like, like I said, landlord laws are like men. Fuck them. <laughs> Wow, this, what a, like, I've never even considered that this service would be an option, and now I'm very intrigued by it, like, because sometimes you just, you just got to get that bastard out. You just got to get the bastard out. You know, Mary, the old sexist saying, I mean, you know sexist sayings better than most, the, the old sexist saying about a woman scorned or whatever. I think I've heard something about that, yeah. Yeah, hell hath no fury like a woman's, like a woman scorned. Oh, is that it? Okay. Okay. Yeah. And that's true. And that's why these ladies, I'm sorry, these women are so good at this new service, this eviction by bimbo eruptions. Wow. They are going to take a look at the landlord laws in your state. They're going to crumple them up and throw them away. (laughs) Because what's more important, following the law or getting him out of here? I think I know the answer to that. I think you do. It's getting him out of here. Get him out of there. This is why, you know, some of our, our competitive or competitors would say, I don't know, crazy things like don't date all of your tenants or whatever, as if you're not a young 20 something in LA. Yeah. The, the only people you know are the ones who live in your building. You don't. The only ones. Yeah. You can only date people who live in your building. So for two ninety nine a minute, you're going to call our 900 number. Okay. Okay. And we'll get everything in order. Now, we may need you to sign some papers. Sure. sure. So, t- to do that, you might have to come down to Mulholland and Pine, right by Sydney's, and Dr. Shaw's Marriage Counseling. A space opened up, actually, in Dr. Shaw's Marriage Counseling. <laughs> Studio. Not renewed. <laughs> yeah. So, with eviction by bimbo eruptions, if you need to come down, you'll come in the front door, and there's two doors to choose from on the way out. Oh. Oh. Because it's Dr. Shaw's place, that's yeah. all. Yeah. Oh, you okay. Know, they... Mary, a real fact about this sponsor? Yeah, what? Is I didn't think much further than the tagline, but I really like the tagline. <laughs> it's, it's well done. It's well done. Landlord laws are like men. Fuck them. <laughs> this really sounds like a service that a lot of people could use. Um, 
can I ask, will this service evict women? Like, let's say if the roles are reversed and and a, a gentleman landlord needs to remove a, a female tenant or perhaps ex-relationship partner. Oh, no, Mary. At Bimbo Eruptions, we believe strongly in uh, supporting other women. In fact, there's a special place in hell for women who don't support other women. <laughs> wow. Um, we believe all that sisterhood crap. <laughs> are there any, um, I'm sorry, Gary Tolman, are there any promo codes we should let the listeners know about? No, it's two ninety nine a minute. And the number is uh, 1-900-772-1900. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. That seems mm-hmm. like you remember. Seven seven two one nine four five. It's you know, um, if you think about it uh, deeply, seven seven two seven seven two. What does that mean? You're going to merge those two sevens, right? Because seven two seven two. So it's July second, but the second should remind you to do the seven again. And then nineteen forty five, and of course July second, nineteen forty five. That was the birth date of Michael Jackson's favorite aunt. So it is actually is pretty easy to remember if you think about it the right way. Oh, that really clears it up. Thank you for that explanation. I, I no, it's two ninety nine a minute. Two ninety nine a minute. All right, that's great. Do they have any um, like online options during this time of COVID? Like, can I get a Zoom with one of the bimbos or anything like that? <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, sure. Go to chatterbait.com. Can I can I get him on a Teams meeting real quick on my calendar and get him in there? You know, listen, <laughs> these women do their best work on Zoom. <laughs> I, you know, that's a fascinating thought during these eviction times during COVID. I wonder if it'd be possible to evict someone via a Teams meeting. Like, or would you, I suppose you kind of have to go and shake them out of there. Maybe I don't know. Listen, just change the locks and put the boxes outside. <laughs> there I go, overthinking again. No, here's the trouble. Because during COVID, you're not supposed to be evicting anyone. So most lawyers won't do it. That's why we're not lawyers. Oh, God, no. Oh, no, no, no. No, 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 no. no. Landlord laws are like men. Fuck them. <laughs> wow. Well, what a, what a great sponsor to have brought on this week. I hope this helps a lot of our listeners get, uh, get some guys out of their apartments. So wait, seriously, how, how long does this show go on? How many episodes are there? <laughs> Man, I told you this, right? So it goes to season seven of the original run, but then there's the, re- the reboot season. So there's how many reboot seasons? Just the one so far. So far, okay. but there's also, but then Mary, there's the the Amazon has the true story of Melrose Place movie that we should cover. Oh God, how long? Yeah, and and uh, Models Inc has to be covered too. Wait, what the hell is Models Inc? It, it's a two season spinoff of what? What did they? Of, of Melrose Place from the lady from Dynasty was on it, I think. The lady from Dynasty, my God, this was like a whole industry. And I do think 90210, to get to understand where this show came from, is probably worth exploring. I, I don't know if I agree with that. <laughs> and then when Allison left, she went to Allie McBeal. Does it have anything to do with the contents of Melrose Place? I just feel like, how, do you really want to be an expert in this or not? 
I mean, I think you know the answer to that. Okay, so we're in for all of it. Oh, God. <laughs>